Welcome to Stony Brook Church on this first Sunday in Lent. It is good to be in worship with you today. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our pastor emeritus who has returned from his month away. So we welcome him back, Pastor Bob. Pastor David and I resisted the urge to completely and totally overwhelm him when he walked in the door this morning. So, <laughs> uh, I, as we begin our time together, I'd like to draw your attention to your uh, bulletin package. You can find your um, connection card in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. I invite you to fill this in at some point uh, during the worship service. It's a way for you to share that you were in worship with us today, share any prayer concerns, and also if you flip it over, it is a way to register your interest in uh, upcoming ministry events through Stony Brook Church. And that same information is online at stonybrook.church. Uh, if you are not yet a member of Stony Brook Church and are interested in learning more about membership, we will have a membership class on uh, Saturday, March 12th and Saturday, March 19th from 10 to noon. This is a way for you to learn more about what it means to be a United Methodist and more about what it means to be a member of Stony Brook Church. Uh, your, your attendance at these classes are not a commitment to join. You can do the classes and still choose not to join and that would be perfectly fine. You can find more information in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church, or you can come see me with any questions. I'd be happy to uh, talk with you. Uh, Stony Brook Church currently has a couple of job openings, so if you want to come work for um, a fun environment, a fun, vibrant church environment, uh, you are welcome to apply or pass these job openings along to somebody who may be qualified. We're looking for a technical director. This would be somebody who manages all the production of the worship services. So what we experience here in the sanctuary and online with our live streaming. So we're looking for somebody with some technical skills that can um, help with that. And then we're also looking for a sound technician. And that would be the person who sits back in the sound booth. Today it's J.D. Pancoast, uh, who takes care of all of the upfront house uh, sound so that all of you can hear. So you can find more information about that on stonybrook.church slash job opportunities. Make sure you mark your calendar for an afternoon of music on Sunday, March 20th, when Stony Brook United Methodist Church will be welcoming the Ohio Northern University singers uh, to delight our congregation and our community. They will be uh, singing with us here in worship during the 9.30 service on that day, and then again for a concert at 1 p.m. here in the Stony Brook Sanctuary. The concert is free. It is open to all of you and the community, so come back and bring a friend, and then bring uh, something to donate to Gahanna residents in need as an expression of your gratitude for their gift they will be offering us. 
Finally, next Sunday, don't forget to turn your clocks forward one hour. It is that time of the year, so we can look forward to more daylight starting next week. You can find all of this information that I've shared and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church online at Stony Brook Church or in your bulletin packet. I invite you at this time to uh, quiet your hearts and your minds as our bell choir leads us in our prelude. Please rise as you are able in body or in spirit for our call to worship. You will see your responses in bold on the screen. Let us join our voices together saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, the downtrodden and despairing. They will rejoice in God's reign forever. Blessed are those who mourn, who are grieving, they will be comforted in God's reign forever. Blessed are the ones who seek justice and righteousness. They will find it in God's reign forever. Blessed are we when we love our neighbors and seek their needs. We will live in God's reign forever. Blessed are we all when we seek to serve others in God's name. 
Let us worship together, serving one another and serving our mighty God. Amen.
It's always a blessing when our children lead us in worship. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? The psalmist reminds us that you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Is this hard for you? Do we test your patience? Are we disappointing? A quick glance of the news around the world, and it would seem so. War, terrorism, violence, anger and retaliation, drivers of our behaviors. Forgive us, O God. The psalmist reminds us that you are merciful and gracious. This is astounding especially when we choose pride over humility, power over equality, harshness over kindness. Forgive us, O God. Help us to embody your love. Transform us through your mercy and your grace. The the psalmist reminds us that just as a father has compassion for his children, you have compassion for us. You freely forgive us for all the ways we turn our backs on you. And be with us now, O God, as we grieve the profound losses over the past two years. Death of loved ones, missed opportunities, impact on mental health. Comfort our hearts and grant us merciful moments that show us some of the beauty which has been born out of the pandemic. The psalmist reminds us that your throne is in heaven and your kingdom rules over all. Show us, O God, how we can partner with you in kingdom work. Wake us up to your presence and guide us in showing others mercy and kindness and justice and love. Help us to be more like you. We pray all of this in the name who was, who is, and who always will be, Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for your gift of music. More like you, Lord, may I be. What a prayer for us for this Lenten season. I invite us to hear from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. Today, we will begin our Lenten series by looking carefully at the Sermon on the Mount. Today, we'll be examining the Beatitudes, and this is an excellent focus for our Lenten time together. If we allow it, the teachings of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount can give us a new, fresh perspective on what it means for us to be faithful. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, 
and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. Following our family's triple rollover crash in 2005, I debriefed the then four-year-olds, Andrea and Allison, on what they remembered most about the horrible accident. Andrea and Allison were both asleep up until the accident occurred. I remember waking up and hanging upside down like a bat, said Allison. Thank goodness that we eventually ended up on all four wheels and everyone was safe and escaping with just bruises and not permanent injuries. Friends, seat belts and car seats save lives. But what a perspective and vantage point the girls must have had as that van was rolling and they were hanging upside down. Similarly, I think Jesus should have asked the crowd to stand on their heads when he began teaching them the Beatitudes because that was what he was doing that day as they gathered. He was turning their known world upside down. Those who had been fighting for breath at the bottom of the heap suddenly found themselves closest to heaven, while those who thought they were on top found themselves lying fat, flat on their backs, looking up at the sky. The formula itself was not new. Beatitudes were common expressions in those days, and not just in religious circles. They were just everyday sayings about the good life, listing virtues that anyone would have been pleased to have. Blessed are the wise, for they will not be fooled. Blessed are the strong, for their enemies shall fear them. Blessed are the wealthy, for they shall never go hungry. That that sort of thing. Another word for blessed in this formula is happy. But what was so shocking about Jesus's list was not the form of his beatitudes, but the content. Blessed are the meek, the mournful, the poor in spirit. Who was he kidding? There's nothing blessed nor happy about any of those. What was so happy about being hungry or thirsty or being reviled or persecuted? Rejoice and be glad. No one would vote for any of these definitions of the good life. But then again, Jesus wasn't there seeking anyone's approval that day. He refined life in nine short sentences and held them out for everyone to see. Nine portraits of those he chose to be in his kingdom. Those previously known as dreamers and victims, pushovers and fools, these are now the chosen ones, he said, the blessed ones the lucky ones who shall be satisfied. Not because they earned it, not because they got an advanced copy of the rules and played by them to win, but because playing the game and winning was the furthest thing from their minds. 
These are God's favorites, Jesus insists. Not the influential, successful people in the world, but the ones who can't even compete. Those who would not know success if it walked up to them and handed them a trophy. The blessed ones who would insist that there must be some kind of mistake. The blessed ones who would give their prize away to someone who needed it more. The blessed ones who would put their certificate of achievement away in the closet so they would not be tempted to think well of themselves. These are the blessed, says Jesus. And most of us, myself included, do not know what to do with these beatitudes. Some of us have heard them and listened to them for so long that they have lost their shock value. They just sort of sound sweet and familiar to us, like a Christian poem, something to needlepoint and hang over the piano. Others hear them like new commandments and worry that they are not meek enough or pure enough or persecuted enough to receive God's blessings. But please note, there are no shoulds or oughts here in this text. No thou shalts and thou, thou shalt nots in this text. The beatitude language is not transactional. Do this and you will receive this. Do that and you will receive this. The language is descriptive. This is who the people are now and this is what the future holds for them. It's not the language of law, but that of gospel, the language of hope and promise, that the way things are now is not the way that things always will be. And those who find themselves at the back of the bus or the plane will soon find themselves sitting in first class before the trip is over. You see, much of the power of the Beatitudes depends upon where you are sitting when you hear them. They sound differently from on top than they do from the underneath. They sound differently up front than they do in the back. They sound differently in the presence of comfortable and economically satisfied people than those who are not. They sound different from those who are in the midst of violence and conflict in those who find themselves living relatively peaceful lives. So where do we find ourselves sitting this morning? Where is our hunger and thirst this morning? Where is our spiritual poverty? Where is our grieving? Where do these beatitudes speak to us this morning? The words sound different depending upon your situation in life. Where do we fit in? Where do we need blessed by God? We don't need to hear these as words of judgment, but as God's promise to us of our blessedness. You see, they sound differently, but they are the exact same words wherever we find ourselves. 
It's just our ears that change, each of us hearing Jesus' description of life from our own position in life, sometimes as something foreign to us, while other times something so familiar. Sometimes something to be sought, while at other times something for us to fear. From where we are sitting, we can do almost anything we want to with the Beatitudes as people always have. Some have ignored them. Some have admired them and, and walked away. Some have used them as a yardstick to measure their own blessedness. And some have used them to make decisions in their own lives. The simplest thing to do with them, perhaps, is to let them stand us on our head so that we cannot see the world in the same way again, so that we cannot be sure anymore who are the winners and who are the losers. But I must warn us. <laughs> I must warn us that when being upside down, we begin to see God's blessed ones in places that we would never expect. We start to see the poor in spirit, the meek, and those who mourn are not just people that we can help, but people who can help us if we let them. Their hunger and, and their thirst for God are not merely voids for them to fill, but appetites for us to envy. The world looks different from upside down, but maybe that is just how it looks when we have our feet planted in God's kingdom. Jesus did it all the time and seemed to think that we could too. Barbara Brown Taylor says, in the Beatitudes, Jesus does not tell anyone to do anything. Instead, he describes different kinds of people, hoping that his listeners will recognize themselves as one kind or another. And then he makes the same promise, the same promise to all of them, that the way things are now is not the way that things always will be. The Ferris wheel will go, go around so that those who are swaying at the top with the wind in their hair and the world's lights at their feet will have their turn at the bottom while those down there right now where all they can see is candy wrappers and the sawdust will have their chance to touch the stars. It's not advice at all. It's not even judgment. It's simply the truth about the way things work, pronounced by someone who loves everyone on the wheel. Okay, so Jesus blessed those who seem to be more losers than winners. Okay, so God cares about those at the bottom of the Ferris wheel. How then does this blessing work out? 
How can we really call those whom the text refers to as blessed? Let's look again at what Jesus said and what he didn't say. For instance, Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who mourn for the ones they love will be returned to life, or blessed are the meek for they will be given, given something to be proud of. Jesus offers no promise that the voids in their life will be removed, only that they will indeed be filled by the presence of God. To know deep, deep in our hearts that no matter what comes our way, no matter what troubles the world may bring, no matter how bad the present circumstances, we are indeed a beloved child of God and that in God's kingdom, things will be different. That's what it means to be blessed. Understanding that blessing comes in the midst of our lives changes things and allows us to look at all of life differently. Those who mourn are really those who have loved enough to care deeply. Those who have truly lived and shared life They are blessed, and God is with them in their mourning. Those who are poor in spirit, who feel at the end of their rope, know, know that they cannot continue on under their own power. And God has promised to meet them right there. As Amy Jill Levine reminds us, the, the poor in spirit recognize the gap between what we have and what we should have and are compel, compelled to act. They, they turn or, or return to God and in so doing find that God is right there. Friends, that is blessing. Those who hunger for Righteousness, who long for things to be made right, they know the very mind of God. The Beatitudes assure us that God, the divine, is involved, that God is with us in our struggle, and that, that is blessing. Notice that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' core teaching to those who would follow him begins with words of blessing. We are beloved children of God. And in God's kingdom, things will be different. That is what it means to be blessed. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so. Amen. God is with us and God works through us 
to bless others and so that we too are blessed in the process through the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church and all of the ways that you offer yourselves to the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church are used to build God's kingdom on earth. Today, as, the, uh, as Communion Sunday, as is the tradition with Stony Brook Church, we will be taking a special offering for the Pastor's Benevolence Fund. The Pastor's Benevolence Fund helps us be able to help our neighbors that are in need with things like rental assistance and utility assistance. When you come forward later for communion, you will find the uh, special offering baskets up front. Feel free to uh, place your special gift in the baskets uh, as you come forward. Regular offering can be placed in the baskets in the back of the sanctuary, or you can give online at stonybrook.church give. We are grateful for all of the ways that you offer yourself to God through Stony Brook Church. I invite you at this time to rise as you are able as we sing our doxology together. God, we thank you for the gift of these blessings which you have first bestowed upon us. We return them to you freely and joyfully and ask that you bless them. May they be multiplied. May you use us to send them out through our community and beyond so that all who come to receive these gifts may know of your great love and your blessing in their lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and before one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear this good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory, Glory to, to God. God. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth, you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up, up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain, he heard your still, small voice. And so, with your people on earth and all of the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to, to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died, Christ, Christ is risen, risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and upon the families that we represent and pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us a body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. 
By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet together. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to join our hearts and voices together, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread in which we break and share is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks and share is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, these are God's gifts for us, God's people. This table is open to all those gathered here and those joining us online. You're invited to share in this holy sacrament, whether or not you're a member of this or of any congregation. Gluten-free elements and prepackaged elements are available for those who need them. And as you are led forward, you'll be offered hand sanitizer and given a piece of cut bread and invited to take a cup of juice. I invite the ushers and those serving to wait upon us.
in the words of the children, you can't imagine how much God loves you. Friends, we are blessed. We are children of God. And we are called to use that blessedness to bless and empower others to know that God loves and cares about them as well. Friends, let us go forth with that challenge upon our hearts and minds. Let us go with God. Amen.